What's the matter, Nier? A.K.A. Gundam Wingliner, A.K.A. Kohli Yoko Ono, A.K.A. Full Metal Smack-A-Chick, and welcome to Outlaw Bars, where we talk about everything that's great and not so great in the world of anime. And as always, I have with me... Hey friends, it's Shokei, uh, still Trevor Belmont's baby mama. How's it going? Hey everyone, it's Tam. I'm sorry, I don't have a snarky A.K.A. this week. Hey, that's, that's alright, because I prefer that you reserve the snark for what we have to deal with on this here day. Oh, I'm ready. Oh, I'm we ready. tried to avoid it. We really didn't want to do it. But we figured, um, as your source for all things anime, we would be doing you guys a disservice if we dismissed Netflix Death Note without actually watching it. Now, mind you, um, we went in knowing that this was going to be hot garbage from the start, Um, but we tried. We rose to the occasion. We gave it our best shot. Unfortunately, I can't say that Death Note did the same. Um, And you know what? It doesn't really have much. A lot of it doesn't have to do with the fact that they fucked up the source material. It's the fact that it's just not a good film, period. Like, it's just not good. It was awful. And those are, that's an hour and 40 minutes of my life that I can never get back. Truthfully, if you guys really fuck with us like you say you do, you should send presents. Because I was so angry. Like, the notes that I took were just a bunch of curse words and uh, capital letters. And it... This movie had all the worst parts of like my worst, like the movies I've hated the most. It's like if someone just was like, hey, Chopin, make a list of all the things that you hate and we're going to put them all into a super movie. Oh, gosh, it's like I don't even know where to begin because I know where to begin. Let's talk about how the guy who played light, his nose was fucking stupid. Okay, it pissed. (laughs) It really upset me. Like it really pissed me the fuck off why because it was like you know owen wilson is that the brother with the the smush with the jacket? No? yes okay that's the one. so it reminded me of his nose except his nose it's it goes with his face because he makes those stupid facial expressions but whoever played light i don't know the actor's name and i don't care about his name so whatever the guy who played light his nose was really stupid and it was very distracting the entire movie that was like the first thing that pissed me off and i i don't want to go get ahead of myself because steva always yells at me because i be i be go from the beginning to the end and i don't know how to go in order so i'll just say opening scene light snows fucking made me mad yeah um in the note i wrote down at the one minute 40 second uh 40 sec 46 second point i wrote down angsty girl with cigarette oh yes that lots of whites and immediately after i said i already hate this white boy like just (laughs) the look on his face was he has the kind like you know how some people have like a punchable face yes he has a punchable face he has the face of someone who definitely 
uh, would shoot up a school, like, from an episode of Degrassi. Like, he gives me, like, Jimmy vibes, but, like, somehow he doesn't have enough real tragedy in his life to kind of make that acceptable, make his hatred of his classmates acceptable. Um, I despised him the moment I saw him. Okay, so apparently I wasn't the only one who thought that this looked like one big-ass PSA on how to prevent a school shooting, because that's the vibe that I got from Jump. I'm like, really? This is this is what we're doing? And and on top of that, like they added like that whole like high school romance bit to it that never existed in either the manga or the anime. And before someone says, oh, but they're allowed to make changes. Yeah, but this is like, it goes fundamentally against the character of Light. Like it, he doesn't have time for this because he's trying to do bigger things. Like the original Death Note wasn't even about all those little personal connections between like him and the bully and him and the boy being bullied and even him and his daddy. Yeah, and the thing, like I did it... I never finished Death Note because you all know, as I've mentioned several times, I like dark shit, but that Death Note was just too creepy for me. Like it just made, and I don't know if it's because the age when I watched it, it, maybe I need to revisit it. But at the time, I just remember being freaked out and uncomfortable. This wasn't broody. This wasn't dark. This was just white teenage angst. Yeah. And the thing is like in the anime, like you you understand why Light is a moody bitch because he's a moody bitch in the anime too. But you understand that because you kind of get a glimpse of how he sees the world and how he's like, this is some supreme fuck shit. But Light is like so brilliant that like when he gets the Death Note, like he doesn't use it all haphazardly like like this little fucker does. Like him and the girls sitting around Netflix and chilling, writing people's name in the book. Like that's not how this works. Like you have like this awesome power and you and your girlfriend are doing this for shits and giggles. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that, okay, so he does it, whatever. He kills the bully, blah, blah, blah. Um, two points. One, the, the killing scenes or the scenes where people, you saw the people actually dying were really gory for no reason. Um, like they had a reason. They had a reason for the same reason. Like, be like be horror films flash a girl's tits before she dies it's a distraction from the fact that you're watching garbage okay well in in the moment i was just like this is on the okay this was a, a lot of gore secondly they made their quote-unquote killing spree seem like a fucking joyride it just seemed like a joyride. It was just like la 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 we're killing people and there's a website of people that are horrible and we're going to kill. And it just seemed like, you know, those, those scenes in teen movies where they go shopping or they're like having fun when people connect. And it's like the montage of them just having a bomb ass time together. Yeah. That's what their killing spree seemed like. And it just made it that much more annoying. I was going to say that watching light and Mia go back and forth reminded me kind of, of a, really cheap remake of Heathers. Yes. Except this light is no JD. Not even close. (laughs) Was it? Yeah, JD and Heathers was like compelling and charismatic. And even though they were out and out killing people because they got on their nerves, 
like you were kind of rooting for him in some odd way. So when you get to the end of Heather's and, you know, JD, JD meets an untimely end, you, you kind of feel a way like you feel like, whoa, like, wasn't there another way that he could like stay? But with light, like he wasn't sympathetic. He wasn't charismatic. And that once again, goes completely against the character that's in the anime and that's in the manga. Anime light is handsome and girls like him, but he's not interested because he has other things to do. Like he's not sitting here like trying to save his girlfriend. Light was literally like using girls as decoys to get his work done. He's like, I'm about my business because my name is Kira and I am God. And what I'm going to do is bring forth my judgment. And if you want to help me with that, that's great. But otherwise... Also, there wasn't enough of... Uh, what was the demon's name? Ryoko? Ryuk. Ryuk? Ryuk, sorry. There wasn't enough Ryuk. Like, I would have liked to see more of him instead of him kind of just being in the background. Um, it was... There was just so much emphasis on light and his annoying life and his him having a temper tantrum at his fucking father and this dumbass girl that he was in love with, even though she fucking played him and set him up. So there's the jig. Um, also, I didn't like the black guy because they made him seem like he was on the spectrum. And I was just like, does he have autism is he like what's his deal and his japanese handler it was just it was just so many like the whole shit is just problematic and they should have really just left it alone like not this is why we go back and we said you don't have to make everything a live action movie you don't because this there's so much wow this is horrible wow wow can it get any more horrible Oh, absolutely, because it just fucking did. So with Elle and Watari, their relationship was the most honest and compelling out of all of them. And I would have liked for them to explore that a little bit more. And I say honest and compelling in comparison to all of the other heavily fabricated relationships in this movie. Like, if Elle is some child who is basically, you know, set up to be like a super sleuth or whatever the fuck. I'd be really curious as to what happens to a kid that you leave in a think tank for seven months. And then I guess the best and the brightest come out and they solve crimes. I would like to see that. But every relationship from the top to the bottom, they felt flimsy. Like this movie felt like Twilight, but worse, which is incredibly telling. Um, Mia gave me Kristen Stewart vibes the way like first of all she looks dirty and unwashed that's number one um she's not cute but she gets the benefit of being like weird and angsty and just like everyone makes this tacit assumption that we're all going to agree that she's attractive even though we all have a working set of eyeballs she looks a mess okay um and light gets this death note that literally says death note on it that's what fucking blew me like you have this super secret notebook that literally falls from the sky it is clearly it's clearly labeled you might as well call it murder book or some <laughs> other shit like that murder and then book. he does he doesn't make any attempt to even cover it if i had a super secret like very important piece of like you know demonic murder technology i would cloak it in some way I wouldn't leave it open. I mean, shit, my fucking iPhone is locked. 
okay? Like, I don't know why you would be less careful with something like that. He's flashing it everywhere. He tells a bitch who had another boyfriend 24 hours ago, because there's a scene where she's walking away with somebody who's not you, okay? And he's like, oh, complete stranger, a girl that, like, gets my dick hard, but she's definitely into someone else. Would you like to see my murder book? And of course, like some weirdo bitch, she's like, yes, of course. I love murder. Like, <laughs> murder is so sexy. <laughs> like, it, like, so Tam and I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. In real life, these are teens who go and like kill all their neighbors in the subdivision. So let me tell you, there's a show on the ID channel called Murder with Friends. I'm sorry, Murder Among Friends. And these two would literally be the people who would murder their friends. Okay? Just, they murder, and then they, like, fuck one another, and then they're just, like, they're both ugly and gross, and I'm just, like, everything is wrong. His dad is a cop. Fuck the police. Like, I'm so sorry your mother is dead, but also still fuck you, okay? Like, it just, it's all so weird. There's a note that says not to trust the demon in it, and just like a white man, what does he think? He thinks that warning doesn't apply to him. Now look at you. Your whole fucking life is done and falling he, apart. Then he had the nerve to tell Ryuk that he was going to put Ryuk's name in the damn book. And Ryuk's like, bitch, what? This is my book. How You can't kill me, fam. I will just... And you're not smart enough. Right. Like, and I, I will just find someone else. There were so many times Ryuk is like, if this is too much for me, leave me alone. I'm not, I'm not keeping you here. Somebody, I will go find somebody else. Yeah, at one point I wrote, um, what kind of weird bitch is turned on by murders? And also, white people love violence. Like, <laughs> the, like, it just, everything was so weird. And also the gore didn't fit in with, like, the timeline. Like, not the timeline, but, like, the setup of it. Like Tam said, you see all these people dying in very, like, strange ways, but it's, it's not congruent with the rest of the movie. Like, it feels gratuitous, even though the movie is supposed to be dark. When Light gets the Death Note, like he, in like movie Light doesn't take the time to actually think about the consequences of what he's about to do. Why would like he? a white he's man? White. Yeah, but but <laughs> Japanese Light, Japanese Light actually thinks about these things. He's like, you know, is this the right thing to do? You know, if he like he actually had like this whole like come to Jesus moment with him and Ryuki. Like, if I write names in this Death Note. You know, does that make me a murderer and therefore, you know, worthy, you know, unworthy and someone should put my name in a death note? Like, it's this whole thing. And even in the anime, Light says something to the effect of that if I get caught or if I get killed in the midst of doing these things, then that's the proof that what I was doing is wrong. Like, this little white boy has no concept whatsoever. He's just trying to get cheerleader draws. Like, that's what it really comes down to. Like, he just wants to get the girl. And Light was never about that. Probably because Japanese Light had girls falling all over him. And he was like, okay, that, that that's good. that That's great. Even, like, the girls he, like, he poses with, like, as their, like, as their boyfriend... Like, they're all very attractive. They all have all types of stuff going for them, but they're all just means to an end for him. Like, he's not interested in those kinds of relationships. But what blew my mind the most was when L shows up and he's investigating because, like, he's tracked it down and he's like, okay, um, this kid 
this person must be in um in Seattle based on you know the clues that I dropped. So he comes to Seattle, and like when like he has like that first conversation with Light or whatever. Sorry, not the first one, but the their one of their later ones where he outright tells Light that I think that I think you're Kira, and Light has all these ridiculous ass tells like between his face and his voice and the fidgeting like yeah l can clearly see that you're caught he just doesn't have like the physical evidence to tie you to it like he can't figure out how you did it in the anime light goes through all types of shit to make sure that they can't link it to him to the point that when light's father dies light's father still thinks that light is innocent this this was can I just tell you what really blew me? The fact that these two dumbasses, um, Light, what what's the little girl named Mia? Mia. Mia, yeah. Okay. So Light and Mia, they have this declaration of love. They love each other so much. But I love you so much that I'm going to also put your name in the death book. What? What? That's not love. What the? F- I want to know what love is. And I want you to show me. And showing me is not putting my name in the murder book. But like none of their relationship is built on love. Like I realize that in movies, the timeline is advanced, but there's no proof that he knows anything about her besides her being the star of all of his like jerk off sessions in his closet or whatever. Like we don't know that he knows anything about her truly up until he shows her this very dangerous piece of machinery right like she barely she she sees him like getting knocked the fuck out she doesn't go to get help in the very first scene he's trying to protect her and that bitch leaves him knocked the fuck out on the ground she doesn't go get a teacher she doesn't go get anybody she left your ass okay you could have had a fucking concussion and here you come you get this murder book and she's the first person you decide to show it to you make bad choices okay like you're not a good person you fucking got caught scamming just like a stupid all right if you were really about the shit none of this like none of this would have happened and he's just like so unbearable he's like every single man you've ever met who thinks that no one likes him because he's too smart because he's too advanced but the truth is you're fucking insufferable you are literally the worst you used something, you used murdering to get your girlfriend and she was willing to kill you, my nigga. Yo, she was, she had, didn't even fucking think about it. She was just like, no, I need to keep doing this. And so I'm going to kill you so I can have the book. What? She And then, and she then. She said, go get but my then, book. What was crazy was she was mad at him for putting her name in the book. And I was just like, but bitch, you put his name in the book. Like, <laughs> what? She was like, prepared to you, kill him. And then you got mad that he put your name in the book. But then I was confused because when he was in the hospital explaining everything, it was like, okay, you did you know? She, you knew she put her your name in the book. But then you went through all this elaborate stuff to make sure that you wouldn't die. And then it was like super sad that she died. But like the bitch was trying to kill you. What? Like none of it made sense to me. Like that whole last like 20 minutes of the movie, I was like, so we're just gonna, this is this is how we're wrapping it up? Because what the fuck? Then you killed two other people so that you could get the book back. Monica, okay, what? So, 
No, but if you've read the manga or watched the anime, that actually makes a whole lot of sense because in the anime, when light is kind of closing in on him, sorry, when L is closing in on light, rather, like they have light, um, they have his room under surveillance. Oh, shit. There is this iconic moment in Death Note where what happens is Light knows he's being watched because his father is high up in the police department. So he hears about the investigation. At this point, it's kind of it's kind of known that he's a suspect. So what he does is he removes the death note from the house. But remember, one of the rules is a piece of the death note acts as the death note. So he's sitting at his desk looking like he's doing homework because his room has cameras in it. Because Ryuk looked and found all the cameras because they can't see Ryuk looking around. Luke finds the cameras, tells Light where all the cameras are. So what Light does is he puts um, the piece of paper, I believe, the piece of the Death Note in a potato chip bag. So he's eating potato chips and like writing on the Death Note at the same time. So it looks like he's eating chips, but he's actually writing on the Death Note. Okay, but that makes but that makes sense to me. See, but, I, but there's more. that does that does that, I'm, oh, okay. So I was like, because that makes sense to me. I'm not that doesn't confuse me. Yeah. It was just I think it was just how and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but it was just how like the whole movie went, and then that last twenty minutes of all that complexity, it didn't fit well with to me. Like it yeah. didn't it didn't flow. That's because the pacing was awful, and they didn't spend as much time like on the investigation aspects of it. Because if you had spent that time like in the like seeing how L put all the pieces together, as opposed to him just jumping into the scene and saying, "I know what it is," like in the anime, you you kind of see him put it together. You see the pieces, you see the the puzzle, like the the fog kind of lifting or whatever the puzzle, you know, coming together, and he. He's like, okay, you know, this person, He con- he's connecting all the dots and you're seeing it and you're hearing it. So by time they have Light in like solitary confinement, Light has a girlfriend named Misa who has a death note of her own. And at some point she's acting as a second Kira. So when they have Light locked up with no access to a pen, paper, anything, people are still outside dying. And that's how he gets suspicion like off of him. And there's a, there are a whole lots of twisted turns and subterfuges and all types of really great stuff that happens in the anime that didn't play well in a one hour and 40 minute Netflix movie because there's like 22 hours of original anime content that they shrunk down to an hour and a half. There's no way. And what they sacrificed were the good parts. You know, while you're, you don't get to watch the relationship between Light and L develop, like, they think really highly of each other. They're extremely smart. They don't really have any peers to match them. So when they come upon each other, it's like, oh shit, finally someone who gets it. He may be on the other, the wrong side of the table, but he gets it. Like you watch them kind of, their respect for each other kind of grow. You see them kind you know, you see them kind of like come together and then the case tears them apart because in the end, each one knows that one of them has to die. Like this is not going to end unless one of them dies. The way that Light goes about like trying to find out L's name in the anime is beautifully done. This, you wrote Watari's name in the Death Note and sent him on a wild goose chase only to have your girlfriend kill him anyway. 
Child. And it doesn't have to be first and last name. Like, how do they make it work with Watari? It's like, is Watari like Prince, where he only has the <laughs> one name? Like, how do you know it's the right Watari? Like, is it is it that un- is it that unique of a Japanese name? Like, no. But remember, one of the rules is you have to have a name and a face. So, like, John Smith is a common name. So, if you want to kill John Smith, you have to you have know, the have name. to know what he looks like, and you have to know which John Smith, a name and a face. Watari was too good for this world, honestly. Like, you went ahead and you killed Watari, and it wasn't even for anything. Like, and I know we mentioned this a long time ago, like when we first heard about this uh, this movie coming out. But it plays out even more when you're actually watching it. Taking a movie, an anime movie, that has predominantly Japanese characters in it, and making the characters white... It's not just an, it's not just embarrassing and like truly offensive, but in this context where we know how real deal white people behave, where we know that there are white children or white teens who think that the killing of others is just like a fun game and it's, a, it's just something that they do to pass the time. There was this undercurrent of discomfort that I felt while watching this while watching this white boy decide who gets to live and die, while telling himself that he's a god for doing all these horrific things. And there's something that stuck out to me. He killed a bunch of death row inmates. He's not smart, okay? And you and I and everyone listening, we know that not everyone on death row is guilty of the crime that they committed. And I don't feel like he was smart enough to truly vet if the people that he chose to kill were even guilty of the fucking thing that they were accused of doing. Like, the the two people he used at the end? Possibly. But, like, I don't believe that he had the wherewithal or the means to do the extensive kind of research that maybe the anime version of Light would have been able to do. So you just, when you're watching it, you just have this person carrying out what amounts to vigilante justice. And I'm like, how is that different from the white guys who kill like, you know, black and brown people that they see on the street. Like, how is this supposed to be, like, some sort of escapism? I have to fucking see this shit on the news. I was just mad that he was just so fucking ugly. Also, you know I have a moral, like, objection to ugliness, and he fits right in That there. fucking nose, <laughs> that damn nose pissed me right off as soon as he came on the screen. That was the first, I was like, oh God, his nose... This is going to ruin the whole, this is the movie's ruined. Like before I even knew how fucking dumb it was, that nose tipped me off. Did he have like frosted tips? Like what was the deal with his hair? Yes, he did. (laughs) And then you know what pissed me off? Because, you know, Asians, not to be, you know, stereotypical or rude or whatever. A lot of Asian boys like to do the little frosted tips and dye their hair. But theirs looks nice. His did it. Looks good on them. You he, know what? Because they he, they carry he, it well. He right. Does, oh. He looked like he went to Supercuts and had Rhonda put some bleach tips in his hair, or he was at home angry at his dad about the guy who killed his mom and watched a YouTube tutorial and did his own fucking hair. That's what that looked like to me. He's like 2017 Aaron Carter. Like he just, it just was. Oh God! It wasn't helped that he was so ugly. Like really, like when you talk about like frosted tips and like anime, those dudes are always so cute. Or even in like K dramas, they're adorbs. So like, yes, you can fucking do whatever you want to your hair, but not you, fat Jesus. Okay, not you, ugly. You are not included in this. 
Oh gosh. All, all I can think about is watching Hani Oridango and every time somebody played Domioja, they had to they had to curl their hair or give them a curly perm. But you know what? It works. It works. Oh, and here's one thing that bugged the fuck out of me too. I just remembered. Like, Ryuk in this movie is a dick. Yeah, he's a he dick. was. I and don't remember him I don't remember him being like he being like that in the anime. Yeah. He's not. Netflix Ryuk is ridiculously evil for no reason like they took the character design of like ryuk and like darkened it up like they ratcheted that shit up to like a thousand like ryuk is kind of silly-ish in in the anime and he's not decidedly good or evil he he's just there and he's bored (laughs) like he drops the death note because he's bored he likes to see what humans do he, it's like a reality show for him. But this version of Ryuk is just extra for no reason. Like, he laughs at the destruction that Light is is bringing forth. Like, he's rooting for L. He laughs in Light's face and tells him that he's, that he's rooting for L. Because at the end of the day, Ryuk will, sur- Ryuk will survive and he will go on and do other things. And, like, even that, like, they... Ryuk was such a great character and he had like even Tam did you get to the point in the anime where he revealed that he could see how long a human had left like how many like days weeks months years they had left no okay so in the anime there's Ryuk has this power I'll call it the eyes because I can't remember the full name of it right now where you can see how long a person has Um, And for a human to be able to have that ability, they have to give up half of their own lifespan. Oh, I think you've talked about this on here before. Maybe I have. But what Light does is um, the girl that's head over heels in love with him, she gives up half of her lifespan so that she can have the eyes. So that Light doesn't have to give up half of his lifespan. Oh, you dummy. Listen, there there are lots of dumb choices that, that have been made across both of the both projects. Like Ryuk was like he was funny and and silly and scary at the same time when you realize like what he's done and wickedly irresponsible cuz he loses his death note. Like <laughs> See, and that was the thing with um I think the anime Ryuk that scared me was because not because he was like this demon um, with like a murder book. I'm, I just love calling it a murder book from now. I'm just going to call it a murder book from now on. But um, it was the fact that he was just so um, neutral yeah. with everything. And it's funny because I was listening one. I was listening to a story today and the story was called Chaotic Neutral. And that that's what perfectly describes Ryuk is like he is chaotic neutral. He doesn't, it's kind of like the Joker in the Dark Knight series. Like, he has nothing to lose. He doesn't care. You can't threaten him with anything. You can't bribe him with anything because he is just doing things to see literally what happens. And that's Ryuk in um, the anime. And that's, that is scary. That's actually, that's more frightening than someone who has like malintent or who wants intention. And this Ryuk in the movie was just a fucking asshole and was just cackling. Like half the movie, I felt like this motherfucker was just cackling in the background, just tickled at how upset Light was getting over how things were turning out. 
it wouldn't have turned out so bad if Light did what his girlfriend did, and that is read all the rules. Why would he bother himself with rule reading? If you, you have, have a busy if you have, murdering to do. But if you have a murder book, at the very least, you should know how the murder book goes. That's like, too, I need to. That's that's too much like, right, what would a mediocre white man do? What Light did. Not read all the rules and figure it out as you go along and fake it till you make it. And let's say, and figure it out as in make every single possible wrong choice. Like you're, I'm watching this movie. I was like, wow, who could have imagined that getting a murder book and being responsible for carrying out worldwide vigilante justice could somehow get away from someone who wasn't even smart enough to hide the fact that he was doing homework for his classmates. That's crazy. Like, damn, who could have imagined except fucking everybody? Oh my gosh. There's like, I really do think like, like the way that they butchered the characters, the pacing was horrible. Like, all of the things that made Death Note a really compelling story, either they it's on the cutting room floor or they thought they didn't need it for this Americanized version. It was but rushed. It, it was really, very rushed. It really was. And I read that, I believe the intent was to make this a multi-part series. Oh, um, no. Cancel it. No. no I don't Cancel th- it, Christ. Mm-mm. I don't think that's going to happen because every review that I've read, like people are like digging deep to find something nice to say about it. There There's were, like, nothing oh. nice you can say. Yeah. But you know what? I, okay, I'll give it. I actually like racked my brain for a few nice things to say. Oh, um, God. You're so polite. I, I try. Um, was it Lakeith Stanfield? Did He's an, cute. He, he did a really great job with the material that he was given. Like, I think if he had a better script and perhaps a better director, you know, he really could have, you know, taken that role to like a whole new place. But he did a hell of a lot with the steaming pile of dung that they gave him. Um, As we mentioned, um, Watari was, he was, he was amazing. Um, It was, I wish we got more of him because if maybe even in flashbacks, just seeing how he and L came together and, you know, getting flashbacks of that twisted ass orphanage in Montauk. In Montauk. <laughs> of all places. Yeah. Like, you know what? Right up there with um the X Mansion being in Westchester. Come on. Um and actually the dad was really good, even though they really didn't give him a lot to work with either. I actually, I don't know the actor that plays the dad, but I've seen him in other things and I do like him as an actor, but yeah, he, he tried. It was the thing that was like every, all the supporting cast, I feel like tried their very best. You know, even Willem Dafoe, who was voicing Ryuk. Yes. You could, you could only do what you, you could only work with what you're given is basically what I'm saying. And based on what he was given, you know, he was given a fucked up version of Ryuk and he played it well. Like, they made Ryuk sadistic and decidedly evil, so it worked. Like, Willem Dafoe's voice worked well with this version of Ryuk, but it's not really Ryuk. No. I saw a clip on Twitter, and someone had a, a um, video of their grandma watching the live-action version of um, Death Note, and she had seen the Japanese version, and her first thing was, it's not even Asian! <laughs> grandma yeah. i was like yes, yes grandma yeah. like even grandma knows this is a ste- steaming pile of bullshit she was like it's not even asian she just looked so confused at the camera like it's not what is this this is not 
They're supposed to be Japanese. What? Why? Why? It's like, I demand a refund. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't sign up for this. The short version of this is... Don't watch it. If, yes. Do not watch it. Don't if watch you it. you do, it's your own fucking headache, okay? Don't say we didn't warn you. I am pretty sure that um, the anime is still on Netflix. It is. Watch that, watch that instead. Watch that instead. Um, if you are feeling adventurous, you read the manga. Really good. This, not so much. Not at all. And then someone on Twitter reminded us that there are American companies with the rights to Bleach and Naruto as well. Bebop is being made into, Cowboy Bebop is being made into a TV series. No! Um, Yes. Um, No! So, yeah. So I guess we have more shit to rip apart. I mean, I guess it's great source material for future episodes, but... Yeah. No. Thanks, but also fuck y'all. Because yeah. I'm still waiting on season two of Seraph of the End. And here y'all come ruining perfectly good properties. Listen, I I got nothing. I got nothing. Like the characters were shallow. It felt like a bad late, um, early 2000s, late 90s teen movie. That's what it felt like. Like a no, straight to DVD much, one. Those movies were good. Like 10 Things I Hate About You. Like a Hallmark Channel yes movie like that's what it was it a murderous like a, Hallmark it, Channel movie it felt like a sci-fi original movie and not Ooh, sci-fi yes, original show yes. not sci-fi original show because sci-fi shows are fire like the magicians Wait. okay like sci-fi shows are fires but this was like Sharknado 5 I didn't even know there was a Sharknado 5 until I came across it this weekend but it's like watching Sharknado 5 like why did you why we we didn't need to do this? I understand people need checks. We got to give people work, but no. There's other movies and stuff that projects that your money could be spent on. Once again, we did it, so you don't have to. Yeah, just quit making these movies, please. We're literally begging you. <laughs> like it's super fun to like rip into them, but I'm asking you sincerely to just quit it. Use that energy to take up a hobby. I'm going to start knitting. You could do something else. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So there's there's really nothing left to say about Death Note because we're just going to keep on rehashing the same don't do this shit again. Now it's time for Notice Me Senpai. And this time we only have two questions and I figured that they would work well considering the topic that we were talking about. So this one comes from Mr. Swisha um, on Twitter and he asked us, how should black characters be portrayed in live action anime movies? Um, and the simple answer is like whole ass human beings. Like none of us are perfect. Um, but I want to see well-rounded characters. Cut it out with the stereotypes. <laughs> they should be written with the complexity that they write white characters. Yeah, pretty much. Also, and if they're going to have dreads, don't make them, like, if they're going to have locks, don't make them criminals, please. And don't give them, like, Shamar Moore braids that he had in, like, that Medea movie. Also. <laughs> like, at least get our lace fronts correct if you're going to have us out here. Like, right. we don't all have to be saints, but if we're going to do, like, fucked up shit, can at least be, at least be, like, nuanced? Because, like, white characters get every excuse they get all of the care put into why they become like serial murderers and black people's like, well, 
He drank red Kool-Aid once and now he has dreads. And that's it. That's his problem. You know? He's just a, a black criminal in this film. Like, you can do better than that. True, true. <laughs> true. And um, our second question is from KBM Seymour, also on Twitter. And um, they ask, what is the one thing you believe anime is now getting right that they used to get wrong? For example, race issues or gender issues. Um... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um they're they're still not getting it right. Um they've gotten better in the sense that like a sixty nine is better than a sixty five. Right. But it's still an F. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you went from like a low D to like a middle D, but it's it's still not great. They've made improvements and I think with for further globalization and exposure to um, peoples outside of their homogenous society, we will see more um, when we have um, more creators who may not be um, native to Japan, we may see it improve as well. But is it better? I, I was watching Ram. I watch Rama like once a week and when I see like the shit that they do in Ranma and I compare it to what happens in Inuyasha, I can see the progression and see how it gets better. But getting it right implies that they've gotten over all of their fuck shit and they haven't. The only thing that I can like say is a slight improvement is probably the way female characters are depicted. Um, and I don't know if that is just just a testament to the animes that I choose to watch, but you do see, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, I tend to watch animes that have strong female leads, really complex, nuanced, um, female characters. And I think that's an improvement because sometimes they be having these dumb bitches and you just want to smack them throughout the whole shit and like not understanding why she's not dead yet. Um. But that's like kind of the only thing I can see. They still have a long way to go, especially with how people of color are depicted in anime. Um, but you know, sure. <laughs> sure. But I also think that it's, I don't think it's fair, this particular question, because the media at large is still not getting it right. So when you look at the way any, like any kind of media that you consume, you're lucky if you can get a show that is like nuanced and balanced and gets it together. But like, it's literally like handfuls of those shows. Like when I read the question, the first show I thought of was the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's really funny. Like the characters are all nuanced and well-written, but if you rank it against all of the other original content that Netflix puts out, it's like that uh, Frankie and Grace and like, the rest of it is still like going to be bullshit. And this is like in 2017. So in anime, you're getting more sh- like the same with Tam. Like I like watching anime with really strong female characters. But for every badass, you know, like Saber that you have, you have five dumb girls who like Sakura, like, like Sakura or like all those hoes that like want to sleep with their brothers low key. Like it's just right. like. As long as like humans are still responsible for putting out the art, unless you can root out that kind of bias in a human being, which is difficult, which is something we're all doing, no one is no one is going to get it right all the time. 
So we can just hope that we're seeing more representation of that. But like, until like African Americans or black people who can go to Japan and not feel out of place, cannot feel like they are being made spectacle of, you know, if until that anti-blackness can be re- removed from Japan, we can't really start to talk about how black characters are portrayed in the media that they produce. Same the way, like the same thing in the United States, like the kind of blackness we see on television is to the point where people like already like nut on themselves when they see like nuanced black characters on television because we never get to see it. Yeah. So um, I hope that answered your question. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, you can always email them to us. And the email address is outlawbars at fanbros.com. Or you can tweet them at us. And our Twitter handle is outlawbarspod. Or, you know, you can do it on the timeline or drop it in the DM. Both are perfectly acceptable. Um, so thank you for those. Um, we are going to skip anime news today. And now it's time for the Capo's Corner, where our recommendation Capo Show Pay tells us what we should be watching. Hey friends, what's up? It's me, your Capo. Uh, so to make your life easier, I decided to suggest a movie. JK, it was to make my own life easier. Um, <laughs> life has been kind of crazy. So I know Netflix has all this new anime coming out that is going to be very exciting, but I stumbled on Blame on Netflix. I don't know. Have you guys seen it? Didn't we watch? No, Blame. What's Blame? Blame? We didn't watch Blame. We watched Gantz. Oh, I watched uh, Blame. Is that the one with the with the with the kids and they be finding the man and the 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 thing? Okay. Yes. Sure. Um, <laughs> exactly. The kids, the yes, man, and the thing, and the thing, Woo! and the and the city is made up of of computer stuff, and they got to find the computer thing. Yeah. Sure. More or less. Okay. Um, <laughs> So Blame is, it looks like it's animated the same way Ajin and Knights of Sidonia is animated. That kind of like really sharp hyperrealism, but not like Miyazaki hyperrealism. So you're watching it and it's very much like they look like real humans. So essentially the context, it's a dystopian future. You have a, you have a future where we became so reliant on technology that we have, we're using robots and AI for a bunch of stuff. But just like with all things, things fucking got out of hand. So you had humans that apparently had a gene, it's called the net terminal gene, that allowed them to control this AI, this AI that they were using to build the city. And what happens? Shit got fucked up. The AI was tired of, you know, their bullshit, I'm assuming. And they decided to exterminate the humans. So they, the city essentially starts expanding and starts treating human beings as a foreign body um, or as like a parasite or something that doesn't belong. <laughs> Parallels, right? Um, and the, the scene, just like with any dystopian future, features like child soldiers. So the very first couple of minutes, you're watching these children, 15, 16 years old, maybe 17, who are going on a mission to find food. Of course, people die. It's very tragic. And then they randomly find some guy who's kind of like a cowboy, but they don't really tell you what his motivation is outside of the fact that he's trying to find other human beings with the net terminal gene, the gene that will allow them to kind of push back on the city and fight these really horrific monsters. The shit is very creepy. 
Um, I definitely was watching and I was like, Jesus, if you're going to rapture us up, please let it be before the robots get us. Because I don't know if I have what it takes to be able to fight in this kind of robot future where like dead ass you are fucking going to get murdered. Like in the first couple of minutes, like three kids die. And um, as things progress, you meet like a scientist who was who laid dormant. Like there's all this like intrigue and shit that happens. I think it's very well done. And if you like sci-fi, like if you enjoyed Gantz, you'll like this. Although there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. And I like the fact that this anime waited until you were deep in it before the plot twist. Because, you know, sometimes anime plot twists happen in the first third. This was definitely in the second act when the plot twist happens. And something feels off, so you know it's coming. But when it actually happens, you're just like, oh shit! Uh, which I appreciate. So I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to tell you what the plot twist is. I'm not going to tell you how it fucking ends. So just go ahead and watch it. But Blame, it's on Netflix. It's in English. And there's something about the way they talk that seems very weird and deliberate. Very much like Ajin. Like, you know how slowly they talk in Ajin as if um, they're confused by the script that they're reading? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that feeling where they're just like, they're not sure, like, you know. And I don't even want to say they're confused, like English is not their first language. No, that's not what the confusion feels like. It, it feels like you're reading something. You're it's like, like the intonation of their voice and stuff like that. Yeah, it feels like what they're reading that they're like, this is some bullshit, but I do definitely need to pay my rent. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to say what is on this page. That was probably the most distracting thing from the entire movie. Like the weird meter or cadence of their speak or of their speech. But outside of that, it was very fascinating. And um, there are a couple of like the central characters are women. Uh, my biggest issue is that in this dystopia, these Asians have dreads or some version of it. I don't know how you all have dreads. OK, you don't even have shampoo. I don't know how it got to this, but it's a very petty thing. And it's a very personal it way is. that I feel it is about, you know, that's like my pet peeve as someone who used to have, you know, locks or whatever. I don't know how in this dystopia, all of you have some facsimile of dreads, but I mean, that's really neither here nor there. Most important part is that I enjoyed it. It's creepy and like very intense without giving nightmares, which is important. So blame it's on Netflix. It's in English. If you are, you know, part of dub nation, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You can literally watch anything else, but I think you guys will enjoy this, especially if you liked Gantz. If you were one of those weirdos that were deep into Gantz, Gantz you're really was gonna fire. Enjoy this. Uh, okay, well then, d- you've already seen Blame, but if you yeah. just heard what Tam said about <laughs> like, Gantz yeah. being fire, definitely fire. you're going to love this shit, because they're, they're akin to one another. Like, it's a, it's enough of a mindfuck where you're just, <laughs> it took me an hour to really understand what was going on. I will confess that with Blame, I had to Wikipedia, because I was just like, I kind of feel stupid. Um, I'm not really sure what's happening. And the, an important thing to point out is that These humans that are living, they're not like humans like you and I. They are some kind of, they have some mutation. So it's kind of like they're AI, but also human. It's very strange because they kept referring to like humans as like a different group of people. So they're they're human, but also not human. Because they don't have the gene. Like that's the thing. They're talking about 
the OG, like I guess you or I, right? The humans with the net terminal gene that allows them to control like right. these robots. They're talking about them like it's folklore. They've been living this way for 300 years in this tower uh, where they're randomly being protected from these things that are actively seeking to exterminate them. So imagine hearing about a tragedy that happened 300 years ago and nobody is alive who can tie you back to that. So they feel hopeless because the people who had the gene that can help them are nowhere to be found. They're either dead or they're in like the, the caverns of whatever matrix they're living in right now. Right. Even the cowboy doesn't have the fucking gene. Like the person who shows up to save them, who is looking for more people with this net terminal gene, he doesn't have it either. But it's good though. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, I just wanted to jump in because I did mention that Netflix had some fire coming out at the end of this year. Um, and not that I have seen any of them, but I am a big trailer watcher. Little known fact, I like to watch movie trailers when I'm bored at work. Um, and so I also watch anime trailers. And so there's one coming out called Devilman Crybaby. Looks dark. You already know I'm on board with that shit. Look that up. Um, also, they're coming out with another Fate whatever in the Fate Night Seer, um, universe. It's called Fate... Sign me up. Yeah, it's called Fate Apocrypha. And this one actually looks really fucking fire because they are changing the whole way that they are fighting for the Grail. Niggas is on teams this time, bitch. It's not every man for themselves. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Fate Apocrypha, I believe, is simulcasting now i think it's on crunchyroll well i will be watching that if i can find it but it's coming to netflix at the end of the year there's also a godzilla and the one that really got me is one called kakeguri which is about a school that is everything is about gambling and these teens have guns there looks like there's some intrigue and some fuckery and so y'all should look those um trailers up on the googles um i will report back if i find that fate series on crunchyroll on twitter i'm not gonna come on here but i'll tweet about it if i find it that's it that's all i have to say thank you (laughs) (laughs) all righty then Um, I believe that this is the end of this episode of Outlaw Bars. Um, If you have any questions, comments, cares, or concerns, you can hit us up at Outlaw Bars Pod on Twitter. Um, You can also email us. And as I mentioned earlier, the email address is outlawbars at bambros.com. Apparently, the gods of Netflix have heard my rantings and gave us the second part of season one of little witch academia so we are still watching that for outlaw views and i'm always still inconvenient conveniently unavailable to watch it because god is good Uh uh (laughs) so so just a heads up that the next session of outlaw views will be on september the 9th at 7 p.m eastern time um and as always if you have any recommendations for outlaw views you can tweet them at us using the hashtag outlaw views or you can email them to us and we do keep a running list if you want to chat with me about anything um anime related game of thrones related as long as you are not talking about that thing that happened that i'm not going to acknowledge what Daenerys and uh whoa 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 this is not the podcast for that we have a whole other podcast for that it's called castle black this is outlaw bars not castle black we're not doing that here okay no (laughs) 
You can find me <laughs> at Deadly Diva. And ladies, tell the lovely folks where to find you. Hey guys, uh, it's Chopay. You can find me on Twitter at Simply Chopay. I'm always down to hear about new anime, or if you really liked one of my suggestions, please tell me so that, you know, it fuels me. It makes me feel good about myself. And you can find me, Queen of the Darkness, aka Queen of All Things Dark Anime, at Bruja Bantan. Still waiting for suggestions. Y'all be sending me stuff, but it's like not released and I don't feel like digging it. So if it's not on Crunchyroll or Netflix, I don't, I'm not, because Crunchyroll has so much stuff, y'all, I'm not going to go on the, the shady sites no more. I got too many good anime subscriptions. So if they're not on there, don't, don't do it. But thank you. But please send me the dark shit. Thanks. Alrighty. And that is it for us. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.